We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Twenty minutes a day. Three hundred and sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into an all-new episode of the Pack a Day Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. And of course, my guest, the one and only Carmen Vitale. You can follow her on Twitter at Carmi V. Carmen, it's great to have you back on the show. Thanks as always for joining. Excited to talk Packers. I, I'm kind of excited to talk Packers, but I'm certainly excited to talk <laughs> NFC North with you. Me too. Uh, yeah, I don't know that anybody really is excited to talk about their team in the NFC North unless you're the Detroit Lions. And even then, there's some question marks. Yeah, that's 100% for sure. It was a tough week in the NFC North overall. But of course, we are a Packers first podcast. So let's start with Packers Buccaneers. The floor is yours. Any overarching thoughts from that beautiful game at Lambeau Field on Sunday? It was a beautiful game for the Buccaneers, I'll tell you yeah. that. Uh, listen, the Buccaneers needed that game, so they came in very fired up. They're in the thick of a playoff race right now in the NFC South. It's not saying much, given the fact that the Buccaneers are finally 500. But uh, other than that, they, they're they trying to make that push, and it basically is like playoffs are bust in the NFC South. I understand them coming in with all of the motivation in the world, whereas the Packers, I feel like playoffs are just a bonus. And uh, – not to say, though, that there were some really uh, discouraging things from that game, mainly on the defense's part. I think Baker Mayfield is a lot better than people give him credit for. I think Dave Canales at, in Tampa is doing wonderful things with Baker. There is no reason that Baker Mayfield needed to have a perfect passer rating at Lambeau Field and become the first visiting quarterback to do so. Agreed. That's not – Baker's not that good. He's great. Don't get me wrong. He's not that good. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. And I've been a believer-ish in Baker Mayfield through the course of his career. I think he's always one of those great what-ifs if he doesn't go to 
the Cleveland Browns and Hugh Jackson, followed by Freddie Kitchens, followed by, you know, just quarterback yeah. change after coaching change after offensive coordinator change. And he has to go to the Panthers and then the Rams and then the Buccaneers. And like he's not been in the league that long. And he's been this, you know, huge journeyman quarterback already. I'm, I'm happy to see him settle down at least this season in Tampa. I think he's playing good football, but that was unbelievable football. And to your point, great to see Baker playing well. Green Bay's defense had a ton to do with that. It's one thing, and Baker had a couple throws in this game where he planted and threw tight windows, great accuracy, yep. great precision. Yep. It was fun to watch just from that side of things to see him do that. There was 85, 90% of it that looked like pitch and catch, like just a dad and his son throwing the ball in the backyard and just green space everywhere. That's what it felt like. And I think that's what was so discouraging is just the lack of, intensity the lack of altering the game plan through the course of the game and just Tampa being two three steps ahead through the entirety of it that's that's what was so hard to to overcome I think watching that game for Packer fans it didn't seem like there was any defensive variation dependent on down and distance even I mean you look at what Dan Orlovsky posted on his Twitter and like third and four and every single defender is behind the sticks like what what are you doing I don't, I don't understand what, you know, what the, like, there was absolutely no variance in coverage. It was very straightforward. Something that Baker Mayfield, who has had as much, as much experience as he has, can identify exactly what Joe Barry's defense is about to do on any given play, which means that, yes, the Buccaneers were two to three steps ahead of what the Packers were trying to do defensively, because they were playing checkers, not chess. That's my favorite kind of analogy because I think it encompasses football so well. But that is the biggest issue I have with Joe Barry's defense is that it plays checkers, not chess. It is not anticipatory. It's not trying to fool anybody. You're basically relying on being able to beat these like these guys outright. And it doesn't work, especially when you have all the injuries that they have on that side of the ball, the Packers have on that side of the ball. It's just I, the, the complete lack of imagination and adjustments within the game again, by down and distance even, is yeah. just inexcusable in so many ways. It feels like they're trying to win with a system. Like they're trying to be the casino. They're trying to play the odds. They're trying to say, we're going to play the same simple style of defense all season long. We don't think that you can consistently put up a huge amount of points. And maybe in a game or two, we're going to have some hiccups and it's not going to go great. But through the course of a season, we're going to end up on the right side of things. Right. It hasn't played out that way. They're not winning any of the key categories. They're not winning turnovers. They're not winning time of possessions. The DVOA is bad. The now the points, which was at least for a time ninth and looked okay, is now 17th. There's nothing right. that you can point to that you're like, all right, but they do this really. There's nothing. There's not run defense. There's not pass defense. Bad quarterbacks are winning back-to-back NFC player of the week awards. Like it's just all bad at the moment. And I don't think, it's hundred percent on Joe Barry. I do think it's some clearly on execution. Some of the players, the talent pool that's on the team, the injuries, the position coaches, I think all of that is a piece of it. But at some point in time, you can only ask the same things out of your players over and over so many times with it not working before it just looks insane. And that's what it felt like in this game is like, do it's like the, the meme of just like, do something, just do something because everything that you're doing is not working at the moment. Yeah, I wrote a I wrote a piece about how the bend don't break defense has broken. It's broken. Yeah. It's not there is no bend don't break anymore, and that's evident by the fact that they've been allowing the Packers have been allowing points over the last couple of games, 
and they haven't done anything right on any level. Like they haven't gotten pressure. You saw them not get any sacks on Tommy DeVito, which is inexcusable for the amount of sacks that that, that quarterback takes. And even Baker Mayfield. I mean, there were times where he was pressured a little bit, but a guy like Baker is able to deal with pressure in a lot of ways. He's mobile. He can move around the, the pocket a little bit more. He can make things happen with his legs. And then you don't have the coverage to back it up and, and, and to bail out the, the defensive front. This was, I've been saying it over and over again. I feel like I'm banging my head against a wall. This was supposed to be a unit that Jordan Love and the offense were going to be able to rely on to give them extra chances as, as in the form of takeaways and to get Jordan Love, you know, in favorable situations. And that when Jordan Love was able to pull you ahead in certain games or mount comebacks, you were going to be able to get stops as the defense. And that has not happened. That's not happened so many times this season, but especially the last two games where in against New York, you got, you know, a late quarter, a late fourth quarter lead. It was only a point, but still, Late fourth quarter lead with a minute and a half left. And then this game where in the second half, there were like the the Packers were doing a good job of answering the Bucs, but the Bucs were up by two scores. You needed a stop to be able to catch up and it just didn't happen. And it's so discouraging because you just feel like this offense could be so much further along if they had a reliable defense. As somebody in the stands for that game, it just sucked the life out of you every time they gave up one of those third down conversions. It was not, not fun to see that in real time. Um, yeah. And I like the enhancement reading to like go alongside of this is you talked about Tommy DeVito. They play the saints. I think the saints sack them seven times. They hold the giants to six points in this game. And it's just like coming off a week where DeVito could do what he wanted. Wasn't sacked a single time. They put up enough points to win. And then you go against a, a defense like the new Orleans saints and he comes completely crashing back down to earth and the giants can't do anything. So you just see the juxtaposition of what's going on. And again, it's not like Baker Mayfield's throwing for 400 yards, four touchdowns every single week in the NFL. Um, It's just not good enough right now all the way around. Were you surprised that they decided to keep Joe Barry knowing that he had that performance on Sunday? No, just because of the fact that to what point and purpose at this, you know, in this at this time of the season, there's what do you like? Who do you want to take over for Joe Barry that you think would give these guys a chance, a better chance? I like the, the system is the system at this point. That's very clear. Most of these guys were brought in by Joe Barry and, or at least have the most experience in this kind of system. I don't see anybody on that staff that has a dra- drastically different ideals when it comes to defense that could implement them, you know, with three, four games left. Like that's, there's just no point in doing anything right now. And again, it's, it's kind of a sucky reality because the playoffs are slash were so in, in, like they they were a reality for so long or they were within reach is what I want to say. Um, but at the same time, you don't need to make the playoffs this year. That was never the goal. The goal was to figure out if Jordan Love is your, is your quarterback going forward. I think you've done that. So there's not a, an overwhelming need to make this playoff push. And I just, I don't know what the answer would be if you got rid of him at this point, if they don't get rid of him after the season though, I think the like, Green Bay is going to riot. I think every Packers fan across the country is going to riot. Uh, I, I can't see them keeping him past the season. There was just, but there's just no point in making a change now. Matt LaFleur was correct about that. For the sake of the Packaday podcast, I'm going to need the Packers to make a change at defensive coordinator, listenership, and just overall fan <laughs> interaction with the team might just go completely bottom out. But that'll be an interesting offseason discussion for sure. I do think they'll go in a different direction. But you mentioned it, this season is about Jordan Love and the evaluation and continued evaluation of his play. 
him and the young weapons and this offense continue to be a bright spot. It wasn't perfect by any means, but Dontavian Wicks, Tucker Craft, Jordan Love, Jaden Reed, these guys continue to come up with big plays. The play from Love to Reed in the back of the end zone was what will go up on probably both Jaden Reed and Jordan Love's career highlight tapes and probably be one of the top five plays that they have in their careers that when all is said and done, just some really good stuff from, from that young core. Yeah. And that's the most encouraging. And again, like I said, it's still frustrating because of the fact that you think that Jordan Love could have come along maybe a little bit sooner if he had been able to rely on his defense. I can think of a couple of games early on in the season that the defense couldn't get a stop for him. Um, but at the same time, it's, it created adversity for Jordan Love to overcome. And he showed that he's capable of doing that. And he showed that he's able to improve and progress and get better as a quarterback, despite these circumstances. And honestly, that you can, you can glean so much from that. Not that you want that to be your strategy necessarily is like, let's throw him in the fire and make things as hard as possible and see if he can overcome it. You don't Mm -hmm. want to necessarily make your, make that your strategy. But at the same time, if it happens now, you know, that, I think you can be even more confident in Jordan Love, given the fact that he wasn't given as much to work with as he was initially promised, or as all of us were initially promised. People are going to be sick of me saying this by now, uh, you know, going through this this week. But uh, it is if I when I sit back and obviously we get so ingrained in the week to week and just everything that we're witnessing in real time. And just it's it's hard enough to you know kind of break down what's going on in real time that, you know, just to kind of take a step back. For 30 years. Green Bay fans have been used to, all right, the defense stinks. They can't run the football, but the quarterback can get them through the games. Like the quarterback bail them out. Bail them out. Exactly. And it just comes like, that's just the expectation. There are not a lot of first year quarterbacks in the history of the NFL that can have the 28th, 29th, 30th, whatever it is now DVOA defense, um, a special teams that's in that same stratosphere, a running game that doesn't work. David Bakhtiari out for the season, rookies and first-year players at every key playmaking position on his offense and his first year as a starter. And he has been relied upon this much to get them through or keep them in games or to try to get them to come back from deficits in games. And more often than not, he is doing everything he can to keep everything afloat in the midst of the entire crap storm that's kind of happening around him at times. And he's clearly had some help with these, some of these young players in Kraft and Musgrave earlier in the season, Reed Wicks Watson, when he had his, his few weeks of really strong play, it's not just him, but the fact that we're back once again to the defense, the running game, the special teams, all just not holding their end of the bargain and it all relying on the quarterback. And in his first season with three games still to go and it, however laughable it seems after back-to-back losses to the giants into the, um, into the uh, Buccaneers this past week, if they go three and zero the rest of the season, like they're still in the playoff conversation with three weeks to go with all of that happening. I just think he deserves so much credit. He's shown growth in real time. He still has a lot of things that he needs to work on specifically his footwork. I'm sure he's going to get in the lab in the off season and continue to work on that, but he has checked so many boxes this season already. And I, I just think Packer fans have to be encouraged by that. Yeah, and I'm kind of afforded a really objective view of this as well because I cover so many different teams. I've been with different teams. You look at quarterbacks that have been successful in their first year as starter, and all of them had more to work with. Like, you even go back as far as Tom Brady. And, yes, 
they they were in, he was instantly good in his first year of starter. But look at his defenses, especially those first three Super Bowls. He had incredible help. He had good skill players around him. He had a good offensive line. He had a defense that was capable of taking over games. And that's the dirty little secret about Tom's early success is that it wasn't all Tom. And it really what like you didn't know how special of a guy he was because he was surrounded with talent. And I think that that's what kind of gets lost in a lot of these nuanced conversations about the immediate return you want on these quarterbacks. Well, these quarterbacks, the ones that do succeed more often than not, I'm not saying there aren't exceptions, have good and reliable units around them, whether that's skill players, whether that's defense, whether that's offensive line. The only exception I can think of right now is for CJ Stroud, which is he is the exception, not the rule. And that shouldn't be necessarily expected out of every every first round quarterback, even if they got to sit. So I just I think that Jordan Love is going to be fine, especially looking at other teams around the division who are still they still have question marks about their quarterback who's been their quarterback for three years. Yep. This is the best case scenario because you got what you needed out of the season. And that is at the end of the day, all that matters next year is next year. That is not now. Yeah. And if they can get a little bit healthier next year and um, just maybe solidify a couple spots, get that new defensive coordinator. I think that maybe things can change sooner rather than later. And hopefully, hopefully you don't have these bottom feeding run games, defenses and special teams surrounding Jordan. You've got that same group of playmakers that have now been in the system a year longer that have worked with Jordan a year longer. I think that's the vision. They still have a lot of work to do, but hopefully that vision can come to fruition moving forward. All right. In the rest of the NFC, let's take a spin around really quick. The schedule makers decided that the NFC North was going to face all B teams this week. The Packers lost to the Bucks. The Vikings lost to the Bengals. The Bears lost to the Browns and the Lions beat the Broncos. Um, I don't, did not put that together. That's funny. I don't think there's no reason anyone should. I don't know why I even brought it up, but it was interesting to me nonetheless. Uh, Lions, of course, get a little bit back on the right track. Vikings lose a really tough one to the Bengals um, that I'm sure they'd love to have back, but credit the Bengals for fighting through that game. And then the Bears literally letting victory slip through their hands, uh, specifically at the end of that game. Uh, Your thoughts on the rest of the NFC North this past week? Yeah, I mean, the only thing that really matters at this point, as far as I'm concerned, is the Detroit Lions. And they are getting healthy now at the right time. CJ Gardner-Johnson was at practice today, and Dan Campbell said that he could be – Availables in the very near future. James, from what I've heard, James Houston still has the opportunity to come back towards the end of the month. So within the next couple of weeks, I can't say enough about Frank Bragg now and him fighting through having meniscus surgery. And then the next week coming back, like the man missed one game and then he comes back and Jared Goff goes off again. And if there is one lesson you learn from the Detroit Lions, not only does the offensive line, the health of the offensive line matter, specifically Frank Ragnar matters the most yeah, to this team's so success, um, the team's success overall, because when that offense is clicking, they can outscore anybody. So going into the playoffs, which they will make, uh, this is a good time to get healthy. And I think that the confidence is kind of coming back in the Detroit Lions where it waned the last few weeks because of injury for, mo- for the most part. Now you're going to see – I, I, I'm going to stick with my early season prediction that the Lions are going to win at least one playoff game. And I, I still feel good about that. Uh, the Vikings, I just, what, what do you need? What do you need to see? You, you, you've got a great defense. Nick Mullins is not going to be your long-term answer. 
uh, Jordan Jeff or Justin Jefferson rather is 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 being a huge team player at this point. Like you have everything you need to pay that man, and you should, regardless if he continues to play. But he's going to because he is a team player. Um, and then the Chicago Bears, I actually have a piece coming out within minutes um, about their options now that they are out of the playoff race that probably never was uh, and what they need to do about Justin Fields and kind of laying out all of the options, the pros and cons of each. Uh, spoiler alert, I don't think it's much of a decision, but uh, Bears fans don't really want to hear that. No, you, you, we talked about that a little bit last week, and I think you're 100 percent right. It, it, it to me seems like a very easy decision, but I want to talk about that Bears team very quick because, in an odd way, and as also comical as this may sound from a a Bears team that's been so bad for so long, there's little things going up that I'm like I'm starting to get a little bit concerned about their long term legitimacy if they do things the right way moving forward. This is a team that on defense is playing uh, not out of nowhere, playing pretty darn good football. And I know there's a few letdowns this past week towards the end of the game that I'm sure they'd love to have back. But that Montez Sweat addition has certainly seemed to write their defensive line and their their pressure percentages and all those sort of things up front. Jalen Johnson, who is a free agent, but I'm assuming they're going to get something done, is playing out of his mind. That defense is playing really good football DJ Moore is still DJ Moore. I think they hit on Darnell Wright. We'll see how, you know, kind of the rest of his season plays out. But the big one, obviously, is quarterback. But they're going to be set up with the first overall pick in the draft in almost all likelihood, unless Green Bay finds a way to maybe screw that over for them this week as well. Um, But they're probably going to end up with pick one. And there are obviously some very intriguing quarterback choices, including Caleb Williams, if, if they get that quarterback spot right. Not to mention they still have a lot of other draft capital as well. That's a team that could make a very interesting turnaround very fast. Now, it's a franchise isn't exactly known for that quarterback piece, developing it, getting it right, nor putting all the right pieces around it and getting those other decisions right. There's just a few few little uh, things, bleeps on the radar going off of like, this team's get, maybe getting a little bit pesky at the moment. They're right on schedule when it comes to the rebuild. And that's the, that's the little, that's the thing that's kind of not going very talked about right now is you, in my opinion, you got the evaluation of Justin Fields you needed. It wasn't the evaluation to keep him, but it was the, it was the evaluation to move on done. That was, that was numero uno on the list of priorities this year. The second thing was to see tangible improvement from Matty Berflus' side of the ball, which you just talked about has happened. The bears are now second in interceptions in the entire league right now. They've had 14 of them over the last three, I believe, three or four games. It's it's working. (laughs) Ever since Montez Sweat got there, he has benefited every level of this defense to the point where he seems to be the piece that needed a click in place for Matt Eberflus's vision for this defense to be realized. That's not to say there still aren't holes. That's not to say there still is an improvement that they need to make. But all of a sudden, you're looking at maybe one, two spots you need to fill on that side of the ball, and that's it. And not to mention, if you do take a new quarterback, he is going to be coming in to a situation that is very atypical of what top quarterback prospects or top quarterback picks usually come into. Usually you come into a mess because the team is picking at number one overall for a reason. The Bears are still probably going to end up with a top five pick, which is great for their other needs, on the, especially the offensive side of the ball. But that quarterback is going to have the benefit of a really good defense and Chicago as it's from a team building perspective is going to have the benefit of a really good defense while not having to pay a quarterback. That is a cheat code in the NFL. Like this is exactly 
what like on schedule and exactly what you want to be doing if you're Ryan Poles. I think this is a testament to how good of a general manager he is and all of the wonderful things he learned in Kansas City, him and Ian Cunningham, for that matter, who who goes very under the radar as well as Ryan Poles' right-hand man. So you're right. I, I, I wrote about it last week. The Bears are a sneaky good landing spot, not only for a new quarterback, but even if they were to get a new coach. You have a lot of talent on the, on that roster all of a sudden, and it looks like it's working. I don't think they're going to get rid of their coach, maybe their offensive coordinator, but that's also another reason to start over at quarterback is because you're going to put Justin Fields in a new offensive system. What sense does that make? Everybody in Chicago wants Luke Getze gone. And now you're up against the clock with Justin Fields having to pay him $25 million on his fifth-year option in, in 2025 and then more beyond that. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. You start over at offensive coordinator, you start over at quarterback, and you have the benefit of a good defense to carry whoever that is, that young quarterback, which is something Green Bay was not able to do this year, uh, yeah. with all the talent that they all of a sudden had on that side of the ball. So that was my rant about the Chicago Bears. They're not as bad as, as everyone seems to make the think that they are or that they have historically been. I think they've quietly done some really good things. I don't like it. I'm going to need them. I know. Packers fans, I want to hear them. As much as possible. But uh, yeah, they're, they're, I agree. They're on pace with the rebuild, but they've got that one key question mark left and they absolutely cannot miss if they do go in a different direction with a quarterback. They've got to make that work. Otherwise, a lot of the time, effort, and energy that they've already put into this is just going to get them back spinning the wheel in the same spot. And you end up maybe with a great team, but another Mitch Trubisky-esque double-doink field goal exit. And I'd be fine with that. Well, let's go in that direction. Um, All right, let's go to the rest of the NFC North and just kind of preview this week really quick. Of course, you've got Lions at Vikings. Vikings need that one to kind of keep their playoff push alive. Lions, of course, want to keep their momentum going after their win last week. You've got Cardinals at Bears, which is a sneaky kind of interesting game, especially with draft position. And just Kyler Murray brings a little bit different just mentality to that Cardinals team than we saw earlier in the season. And then, of course, Packers at Panthers. Thoughts on those three games? Uh, Well, sticking with the Chicago Bears, they can help themselves by losing. I know that that's not... I love it. That's not on like anybody's, you know, game plan. The coach is not going to meet. Flus is not getting up in front of the team and saying, let's lose this game. But the reality of the matter is they can help themselves by losing and they can help themselves in draft positioning by pushing Arizona up further and them down. Uh, That being said, it's, I don't, I I don't necessarily know what to make of it because I do think that Chicago's even is playing really well. And it's going to be a formidable opponent for Kyler Murray, who is still kind of getting his sea legs back and, and all that kind of stuff. So I'm, not entirely nobody's impressed with the Arizona Cardinals right now no uh but if the Bears have the motivation to win they will if not they would be probably wise to lose that game uh the Vikings I just it's hard because obviously you're playing for pride for the same reasons and all that kind of stuff but it's I don't know what's left to prove this season for them they are they were always going into this offseason with a question mark at quarterback whether they bring Kirk Cousins back and try and draft somebody or, you know, they're not really going to have great draft positioning at this point. Um, If they can bring in a veteran, another veteran in free agency, uh, that's going to be a really interesting thing to monitor in the off season. But until then, I don't see the motivation to keep winning games. You know, you've got a stacked defense now, you know, that Brian Flores was, you know, the Prince who was promised defensively. Seriously. On that side of the ball, you unless don't you need a head to coaching job unless he gets a head coaching job. Unless he gets a head coaching job, which would really just throw Minnesota for even more of a loop, and I think think plunge them further down um, because they've got this. 
the competitive rebuild thing isn't exactly working uh, on in both phases of the ball there. So I, they just don't have a lot of motivation, and the Lions have every motivation to win that game as they're getting healthier as well and to try to go into the playoffs with some momentum. So that's going to be – I feel like this is the Lions division going forward and into the near future even, even the next couple, couple years. So they want as many – as much division bragging rights as they can get now that they're good. Uh, yeah. And then the Packers, I, you guys, you guys know yeah. you're supposed to handle business. But I guess the silver lining would be you could, you could mess with Chicago's draft positioning. If you lost, if the, if the Packers lost, but I don't think that this fan base would, that would go over too well losing to the Carolina Panthers because no one should lose to the Carolina Panthers. They're an absolute No, I don't think it would go over very well at all. They need to pick up this win in some capacity. It would be like a little bonus aside. Like if they, everything fell apart, at least like you screwed over Chicago's, but you know, draft positioning potentially, but that's, that's certainly not the goal going into this game. That's to say the least. No. All right, before I let you go, one bold NFC North prediction with three re- weeks remaining, anything you got, you can go any direction you want with it. Hmm. I mean, I kind of already said it. That, is Detroit winning a playoff game? Uh, uh, bold. That could be bold, right? It, I think I already said that. Well I, mine. It pairs well with mine, actually. So you can go with okay. that. Maybe we can have a side bet on it. Uh, my bold prediction is the Lions lose in the first round to the Matthew Stafford-led Ooh, LA Rams. LA Rams. Wow. The Lions. The Matt Stafford in, revenge game. Wild card. Stafford revenge game. You got a Super Bowl out of it. Yeah, he's fine. But uh, I still think you could have a very fun Stafford v. Lions matchup there. So that's my bold prediction. Rams and Stafford upset the Lions in round one of the playoffs. So now we have dueling bold takes, which is perfect. Carmen, awesome stuff as always. Where can we find all of your amazing work and where can we find you on social media? Uh, Carmi V is where you can find everything for the most part, because I pretty much linked to all my articles there. My articles appear on foxsports.com, but everything is on my Twitter and my Instagram, which are both at Carmi V. Nice. Make sure to give her a follow, like all of her stuff, go check her out over on Fox sports as well. Of course you can find me at Andy Herman NFL. You can follow the podcast at packet a podcast. That's going to do it for us today. We will both see you next week, but until next time, and as always go pack go. Have you heard about the 2018 study that showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? No? Well, now you have. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual, a company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. I remember staring at my prenatal vitamins and finding all these things I was trying to avoid. High amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and unnecessary ingredients. So... At four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual because I believe that all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. I'm so proud of our prenatal vitamin. The ingredients are 100% traceable. It's third-party tested for microbes and heavy metals and recently received the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. 
You see, we trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. But don't just take my word for it. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash prenatal.